Well, praise God. God is so good. Amen. So I'm going to continue my message, uh, uh, my series on faith. And uh, I just feel inspired to keep going on faith because uh, faith is the key that, that, that receives the, the hand of God in our lives. Amen. So, so our, our foundational scripture in faith is Hebrews eleven six, and And um, uh, hopefully you have it memorized by now. And uh, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that God is, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, you know, um, we need to get an understanding here that God is looking to bless us. He's looking to reward us. Um, you know, even the saints, if you read that, the, the Hebrews and you read in chapter 11, you'll find that the people that follow God, um, they were willing, even Moses was willing to forsake, you know, the riches of Egypt. You know, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house and uh, he was willing to forsake that to endure the hardships of those that love God. Amen. So he was willing to do that. And, 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 and the Bible says that they were looking for the promise or the reward. And so um, how many people are looking for the promise, looking for the reward in here? Amen. And, and there is a reward when you seek God and when you seek him with a whole heart. And, and so I really believe this, that, that as we seek him diligently, he will reward us. Not only, you know, some people will say, well, he reward us when we get to heaven, but he can reward us down here. Amen. And so I call it the double blessing. God blesses us down here. And then when we get to heaven, he blesses us in heaven. Amen. With rewards. And so which is amazing to me is because God, God commissions each one of us to do something for him. Amen. We're all commissioned to do something for Christ. But he, 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 he commissions us, but he graces us to do it. So he empowers us to do his will. And then he gives us a reward for empowering us to do his will. <laughs> I mean, how can you lose? And when you submit to God, you, you get empowered by God to do his will. That's, somebody say, that's grace. that's grace. Amen. In other words, you're never, when we're walking this walk with Christ, we're never walking by ourselves. We got to get a revelation of that. See, sometimes the enemy will make you think that you're by yourself or that God is not at times when you're encountering difficulties and when you're encountering trials. Sometimes we think, is God with us or when when things don't seem right? No, God is with you today. And uh, and and I think sometimes he's more with us than we think he is. Okay, I'm going to have to say it again. I think sometimes God is more with us than we think he is. Amen. And it was just beautiful how the Holy Spirit moved this morning to reveal that God is with us. Amen. And that he's for us and that he's doing a work. Somebody say he's doing a work. And see, the work that he's doing, a lot of times we can't see uh, sometimes because it's internally and not externally. In other words, God is doing a work in our hearts. And see, when God starts doing a work in our hearts, it changes us. And I like what the Bible says. We go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So, so God is changing us when we come together in his presence. Amen. So we found out and we discovered that faith 
comes not just by miracles, because if faith came by just seeing miracles, then the Israelites, uh, the generation, would not have died in the wilderness because they saw all these mighty miracles, but they still had a hard time connecting the miracles with faith. And they kept looking back to Egypt and they kept complaining and griping. And, and finally, God said, you know, you keep talking like this. You're going to get what you speak. They say God brought us out in the wilderness to kill us. The Israelites, the first generation of the Israelites. And finally, God was like, OK, I'm done. <laughs> in other words, can God's grace be exhausted? Yes, you can. You can frustrate the grace of God. And we don't want to, fr- we want to work with God and not frustrate his grace. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, we want to work with him. And, and so, but we know that Joshua and Caleb, they were, they stayed in faith. They, the grace continued to be on their lives. And they ended up bringing the children of Israel, you know, a, a generation, the, the younger generation into the promised land. Somebody say, I, I am coming into and walking in. The promised land. Amen. The land filling with, uh, flowing with milk and honey. So we, we found out that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I'm going to have to say this to you today that if you are um, discouraged or you feel downcast, you might be a little low on the word. Because the word of God is full of faith. And faith, when you get the word of God and you mix believing with the word of God, it should bring you up. Yeah. Amen. In other words, God has good plans for each one of us. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And so we need to believe that. Say, I believe that. I believe Regardless of what it looks like. So we must consistently, I'm going to say this, we must consistently hear the word of God to produce faith in our life. I say consistently because it's not just a Sunday morning Faith word that you receive and then you're good until next Sunday. I mean, it's you're probably just good just till the afternoon until the devil wants to hit you on top of the head. It might be as soon as you get in your car. <laughs> in other words, you, you hear what I'm saying today? This faith message. Oh, yes, I'm good, pastor. I'm good until next Sunday. No, you need to live faith every day. You need a, you need, give me this day my daily bread. You need a fresh word from God. That's why you have church. I'm encouraging you to have church every morning when you get up. Have church with God. You know, you know, get into the word, get into praise, get into worship. Do a church service, a mini church service every morning. And I'm telling you, your life will change. Glory to God. You know what I, what I used to say, and I, and I say it. Quite often, it's Sunday mornings need to be the best day of our week. But can I change that this morning? I'm going to say every day can be the best day of our week. If we put God in it. You know what I'm saying? If we just allow God, if we make room for God. Somebody say make room for God. We need to make room for God in our life. And when we do that, every day can be a glorious day in God. Do you believe that today? So we must consistently hear the word of God and it it produces faith. Uh, Here's a great scripture that I like because a lot of times there's things that we need to do in our, you know, rearing our children and and doing different things that we have to do. Um, Sometimes we get in fear. Sometimes God may, may reveal to us what he wants us to do. And sometimes it can put us in fear. 
And uh, today I want to talk to you about how to move in faith. And, and, and so we need to get scriptures that will help us overcome the fear that will keep us from moving forward in God. Because fear is the number one way that the devil uses to keep us locked down, if I may use that word, in a box and keep us from moving forward. Amen. And, um, you know, Philippians 4.13. Anybody know what that says? Amen. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, now in this scripture, if you if you study out Philippians chapter four, Paul is actually saying that he can live when when everything's good. He can live for Jesus when everything's good and, and, and he's prospering or he can live for Jesus when things aren't so good and there's famine in the in, in his land. He can he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. In other words, no matter what it looks like in our life. We can still live for God. Can I say that again? No matter what it looks like in your life, you still can live for God and you can live with a positive attitude. Oh, did I go there? Because what is the enemy constantly working on is our attitude. Amen. And so uh, and so and so the enemy is constantly working. he's trying to get us the enemy, the devil um, uh, will try to get us looking at. Wrong things, which would produce wrong emotions that would produce, you know, you know, wrong actions. So we need to look at the right things. Look at your neighbor and say, look at the right things. Amen. So so what do we look at? We look at the promises of God's word. So we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, the Apostle Paul is an interesting character in the Bible. And the Apostle Paul um, is a person that should not have been raised up by God. In other words, he was a person that did a lot of rotten things before Jesus came into his life. And some of us have a, have a past that's a little shaky. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I think we all probably have a little past that's a little shaky. And uh, some more shakier than others. Amen. And uh, that's why when we baptize people that have a more shakier life, we keep them in the water longer. Amen. And, and then we bring them back up. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but, but, but what I'm saying is, no matter how shaky your life was before Christ, even the Apostle Paul, his life was very shaky. In other words, he was a guy that was persecuting Christians. He was a guy that was, he hated, you know, people that were following what was called the way. He hated people that were following Jesus. He, were, he was, you know, standing and he was complicit to Stephen getting stoned, the first martyr of the church. He was holding the coats while the people were throwing stones at Stephen, the first martyr of the church, while Stephen was preaching the gospel. And so, and so Paul was the least likely candidate to do anything for God. Can, can somebody say, that's me too? <laughs> In other words, we're all like the least likely candidate. In other words, you know, if, if some of us are, you know, if we, if, if we looked at our backgrounds, we, none of us should be here this morning. But by the grace of God. By the grace of God. I, I like what Paul said. Paul said, not, not many that, that are of, of, of high esteem, not many that have great, you know, have this great accolades that are called by God. But God calls it debased things 
to confound the wise. God calls the average and the ordinary how, to, to, to turn into, to make them extraordinary for the kingdom of God. You may say, I'm, a, I'm just an ordinary person. I, I don't have a lot of gifts and talents. But whatever little gifts or talents you have, God can anoint you. And no matter what you, your past looks like, it can't hold you back from what God wants to do in your life if you don't let it. In other words, quit looking in the rearview mirror. Start moving forward. See, if you look in, if you're driving a car, the rearview mirror is pretty small. The windshield is pretty big. The reason why is you're not supposed to be constantly looking in the rearview mirror. Why? You end up in a ditch. The, the, the reason why the, the glass is so big is because you're supposed to be looking forward to where you're going. So if, you're, if you keep looking back at your life, what it was before Christ, you will say, I'm not even qualified to even go to church. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? But thank God, God doesn't look at your past. He looks at who you, who, who you are in Christ Jesus and who you can be, can be, in Christ. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So don't use that excuse, I'm too bad to even serve God. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Paul was pretty bad. Matter of fact, there was probably a lot of Christians, maybe some of them were thinking, Lord, can you just assassinate Paul? And get him out of here because he's doing, he's wrecking havoc on the church and throwing people. I mean, some people may have been thinking that, you know. Um, but, but even, you know, when, when, when Paul got knocked off his horse and, and Jesus appeared to him, radically changed his life and turned him 180, glory to God. And I'm going to say this, that we are continually being changed every time that we come to church, every time that we get in the Word. God wants to change us into being more like Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Somebody say, I'm being changed into the image of Christ. And so in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, I love this because Paul, even though he was, he was greatly anointed by God, he had tremendous revelations from the Lord Jesus Christ. He had visions of heaven. Uh, Paul had a problem with the devil. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because I'm going to say this, anytime you choose to start moving forward in God, the devil's going to try to hinder your faith. And with Paul, Paul was raising up churches. He was an, an apostle of God and he would go in and raise up churches. And then the devil would send people into those churches to try to cause disunion, disunity and division and try to break up the churches he started. And then, and then Paul got to a point where he said, Lord, you know, the devil keeps coming behind what I'm trying to do. Have you ever feel like every time you're trying to do something good, the devil's trying to do something bad? Has anybody ever felt that way? Every time I try to take a step in doing good, there's something bad that tries to come against me. Are you hearing one? But, but Paul, uh, here in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, uh, you know, sought God three times uh, and, and probably fasted and prayed. And, and the Holy Spirit uh, revealed this to Paul. He said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So, so, uh, so what, what Paul received with the revelation was, even though there was areas in, his, in Paul's life that, that he felt like he was losing in, 
uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord was saying to you, even though you may feel like you're losing, if you just get on your knees and start giving it to me, I will strengthen you in that place and I will cause you to move forward no matter what it looks like or no matter what the devil's trying to do to, to keep you down. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so in other words, I'm going to say this, that even though at times in your Christian walk, you feel like you feel like you're not going to make it or you feel like quitting, uh, you know, God's grace will keep you up. God's grace will keep you from quitting. God's grace will get you into a place where you're moving forward in God in spite of what it looks like, in spite of that attack, in spite of that. You know, we've had people in our church been physically attacked, and I really believe by the enemy. And the devil doesn't like us serving God. But you know what? They're coming through it. Glory to God. Pat was attacked this this week. She was in a hospital and God brought her through. Glory to God. We prayed for her and she came through it. Amen. And we have other people in the congregation that's been attacked physically and they're coming through it. And they're coming through with a witness that God is bigger. God's blessings are greater than the devil and what the devil can do in our lives. And we're, listen, you are a testimony just showing up at church. You're testifying that you're winning in God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so God's grace is sufficient for you. So faith, listen, faith comes by hearing, but it's more than just hearing. Because, you know, we can sit here and hear the word and say, amen, praise the Lord. But you got to do something with the hearing. In other words, really, faith is hearing and acting. Faith is hearing and acting on the word. It's not just hearing only. It's not just saying, "Okay, yeah, I believe that. But you're going to have to take your faith to the next level. What does that mean, Pastor? You're going to have to start acting on the word. Oh, man, did you say acting on the word? Yes, you're going to have to act like the word of God is true. And when you start studying the scriptures, you have to put your faith in action by obeying the word of God. By obeying the word of God. You know, I noticed that the people that were in the hall of faith uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, which 11, 6 is our, our main scripture that's impossible to please God without faith. I noticed that that the people that were in the hall of faith that that was written in Hebrews, these people that did great exploits for God, a, a lot of it talked about that they obeyed God. Think about that. So our faith and our obedience go hand in hand. In other words, one part of our faith with God, one part of it is trusting God. God, I trust you. I trust you. And another part of our faith in God is obeying him. So it's trusting on one side and being obedient on the other. Oh, man. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, we got to obey God. The patriarchs obeyed God out of reverence. When God called Noah to build the ark in reverential fear, he obeyed God. And when we start walking, not only in trusting God, Trusting what he says is true. And but not only that, but when we say, "Okay, your word says this, Heavenly Father, I'm going to obey your word. 
Oh, you listen to what I'm saying today. In other words, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Anybody ever heard that song? Trust and obey. (laughs) Always want to be a singer. I won't go there. But uh, (laughs) I crack myself up. But anyway, let's look at James 1, uh, 22. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. But to trust and obey. Amen. So listen, the most unhappy Christians are the ones that either they're not trusting God. They're leaning on their own understanding or the ones that are not being obedient to God. Because if you're not obedient, you're not going to see the fullness of the blessings of God in your life. Is that right? I mean, you got to obey God. Look at your neighbor and say, obey God. And so look at James 1.22. It says here, um, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word... And not a doer, he's like a man, uh, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So, so he's saying here is that, that, that if you're just a hearer of the word, but if you're not doing the word, you, you actually forget you're a Christian. <laughs> in other words, part of us knowing that we're, we're, we're Christians, part of us is us doing the word. And it says here, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, or you could say a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So, so, so faith in action. Faith in action is controlling your tongue. Oh, my Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. In other words, sometimes we want to talk the negative. We want to talk about what's not happening. We want, am I talking to anybody today? But, but true faith is learning to control the tongue. Is that true faith? He's saying here, he said, so, so faith in action, it's not just saying everything that pops in your mind. Is that right? Because you could, because the, uh, the enemy will give us thoughts. The devil can give us thoughts. He can give us a negative thought. And then, then, then we have to realize, okay, is this coming? If these thoughts are coming from the devil or coming from the Holy Spirit, and if that thought is not full of love, it's not full of mercy, you know, then that thought may not be from God. It could be the enemy. And so we need to make sure that we don't allow wrong thoughts to get us to speak wrong words. And so a lot of times our faith has to be strong enough not to say anything. You, you've heard that you heard the saying, loose lips sink ships. So we, we don't want our lips to sink our ship, our faith ship. Amen. So is anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So, so James is saying, now, faith is more than just a believing that Jesus is Lord and Savior. It's more than that. It, it, it has an action that produces good works. 
It has an action that produces you doing something positive in the kingdom of God. It's not just saying, I believe. There's, there's an action behind your faith. So we must walk in obedience to God. So, so you know, uh, one of the ways that we walk in obedience, and we, I'm, I'm talking to you this morning about exercising your faith. And, and, and the only way we're going to get strong in faith is to exercise our faith. It's not just by hearing the word and doing nothing. You have to exercise. One of the ways we, we exercise our faith is by walking in love. Oh, man. Amen. And uh, we need to exercise our faith because that's probably one of the greatest ways of exercising our faith is walking in love. In other words, there's going to be things that people are going to do or say that may offend you. Has anybody been offended in this place? Has anybody ever said something that may have just ticked you off? You know, and uh, because how many people have flesh in here? (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're not, we don't have redeemed bodies. We're, we're you know, we're spiritual beings having an, an, an earthly uh, experience. Amen. And, uh, and so, and so we, so one of the best ways that we practice, somebody say practice, practice. our faith is walking in love when things are unlovely. Amen. I, uh, this week I was uh, in my car and I uh, was with the family and I, um, Apparently, I didn't. I wasn't aware of it. I cut somebody off, and um, and so I, I didn't see them. Maybe they were in my blind spot, and and there was a horn behind me that was beeping, and uh, and uh, and that car hit me in the back, and pushed my car forward. You know, and um, I was like, oh man, <laughs> and uh, and so I I got out of my car, you know, and I looked at my my car. It was like a little ding. In, in, in the back, of, but it's the beater. So thank God it wasn't the Rolls Royce and uh, it's the beater car. And uh, it's I call it the mercy car. When people hit it, I, I give people mercy. And uh, and so uh, and so and I got out, looked and that I uh, looked at his car and he looked at me and he said, you cut me off like that. And, and I said, and I don't know, I just I just said to him, I said, um, I, I guess I didn't act in too much love. I said, I said, but you hit me, you know. <laughs> and I said, do, do you want to call the cops or let it go? Because I was willing, because I was willing to let it go because he hit me, and I think I have more of a case him hitting me than I'm cutting him. Because when somebody hits you from the back, ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's their fault. Amen. Why? Because they didn't have control of their car. Right. And I was trying to sow mercy in kind of an angry way. Either go either that or I said, or do you want to call the cops? You know, the pastor, you know, sometimes, you know, I got flesh, too. I got flesh. You know, I, I can't be all oozy goosey. I'm like, oh, it's all right. You know, you know, you know I got flesh. Amen. Amen. I, you know, flesh, man. I, you know, I, I can't wait to get redeemed. But and the guy just looked at me and looked at the car and said, all right, I'll let it go. I said, well, good for you, because I think he would have been paying me some, you know, for, for uh, the problem. Amen. And uh, what am I saying? I'm saying is that I, in a, in a roundabout way, I was so in mercy. In a roundabout way. I wasn't going to try to get the cops out there, tell them my neck is jacked up because he hit me from behind, call an ambulance. You know what I'm talking about. And try to sue the, 
you know, suit, you know, you know what, what the rest of the term is, off of him. Amen. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I just let it go. You know, I was a little shooken up. By, you know, you get shook up by getting hit. Amen. But uh, thank God God's protection was over us. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.